Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode was recorded a few weeks ago. Many of the items we talked about have already launched, and a few of them have sold out, unfortunately. This episode references quite a few different books, and the list will be in the show notes below. We hope that you guys check these out and enjoy. If you guys do, please let us know. Thanks so much for tuning in. We can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts. Hello. How are you, Tatiana? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. So this is a special episode this week. We have a special guest on. Do you want to introduce yourself, special guest? Sure. I am Catherine Wyckoff, and I am the owner of Blissfully Bookish Company, um, a bookish shop that uh, does shirts and like other wearable merchandise. And you guys asked me to be a special guest, and I'm so flattered. I'm so excited. We're so excited to have you here. Definitely. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to comment. I like both of your shirts. Yeah. You guys are, are <laughs> yeah. repping the shop. I'm we had to. We had to. Of so course. Definitely. I was like, okay, what are you wearing? Okay. I'll wear that. <laughs> we we could have all coordinated and showed up in like the same thing. I've, I've had that happen too before. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. Cool. Well, we had a couple of questions for you. We wanted to know a little bit more about the shop and sure. um, I know you had a few things you wanted to share. But we'll kind of start with, we gave you some homework beforehand Dead, yeah. with your favorite series in your favorite standalone and your number one book boyfriend, because those are kind of things that we've talked about already. So we wanted to see which ones were yours. Cool. <laughs> so um, my recommendation and my favorite series would be the Borson series um, by Garth Nix. It's kind of an obscure one too. I don't see it like on bookstagram really at all. Like I feel like a select few people know about it, but like most people don't know about it. Um, have you guys read that series at all? I have not, but I read the seventh tower by Garth Nix. Okay. Yep. Way back when that is like a middle middle young adult fantasy. Yeah. So, um, like Sabriel and the important trilogy or, uh, the original trilogy is also kind of like young adult middle grade. Um, but it's written like a, like a high fantasy. Like it reminds me of kind of like, if you're a fan of like Lord of the Rings or something that's more into like world building than just like solely character base. And it kind of reminds me, like I always tell my husband, cause he loves the series too. Um, it reminds me of something that could be made into a really cool, like eighties, nineties, um, like dark fantasy, like cartoon, like the, like black cauldron and like that kind yeah. of style, like that whole, the whole series has that vibe to it. And I just like adore it and wish it got more attention. I love him as an author. I remember that was like my favorite series growing <laughs> up when I was really young, but I haven't read him since that's a really, really long series too. So I, I, I know what you mean with the world building. Yes. Yeah. And, um, if you guys like audiobooks, the original trilogy of, um, a person is narrated by Tim Curry, like the actor, Tim Curry, that's been in, um, now I'm blanking on what he is. I feel like he's always like a villain and he's a dark Dr. Frankenfurter of now I'm blanking on what it is. The, <laughs> Uh, God, uh, Rocky horror picture show. I wanted to say little shop of horrors. And I was like, it's not that Catherine's like, what are you trying to say? 
So yes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually heard of that one, but I am a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings okay. and Me anything a hobbit related my dog is named after a hobbit if that nice. says anything about me i have but, a dog um, named pippin so i get it <laughs> yeah I, my dog's name is pippin too there you go he's, there you go he's a corgi so he's yeah um <laughs> a little hobbit dog but um yeah so that is definitely one that i'm gonna have to check out so yeah. that's a great recommendation Love definitely that. check it out um i know you guys asked me about obscure another one that i would recommend for like indie that's newer so like Sabriel originally was published in like 1996, I think. So it's kind of more of a dated series. Um, but a new one is like anything by Laura Thalissa, I think is how you say her last name. She's an indie author. I don't know if you guys have read that. That's like more adult, like romance. Um, her stuff is great. She has the Bargainer series. If you guys are a fan of A Court of Thorns and Roses, there's a, like a lot of similarities. I assume you guys probably are because lots of people are. Um, it's kind of a mashup actually of Akatar and um, Crescent City. Like Ugh. it's very modern, but then also nice. has like the fantasy element too to it. It's really great. Um, and then she has a really odd series that is, I actually prefer to the Bargainer. Um, it's called the Four Horsemen series. And like all these girls come in and fall in, fall in love with the uh, four horsemen, like <laughs> pestilence, like famine, death. So it's kind of like weird and out there, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I she those books are on my uh, Amazon wish list. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I highly seen encourage them. them. Yes, and a lot of people um, seem to really like them. I just have not gotten around to getting them yet here's your sign <laughs> yes. yeah I know right yeah please do I feel like she does not get enough attention um I like to support indie art, uh, artists and like indie authors but I feel like sometimes like the editing and the story building and stuff isn't quite there to like what we expect with like the traditional publishing sometimes um and her stuff I like don't know how she doesn't get more attention because I just think it's fantastic yeah we love that that was kind of why we started the obscure book recommendation yeah we wanted to do like more features of indie authors and stuff that you don't necessarily see all the time on yep. know, bookstagram and book talk and stuff. So right. that is awesome. Yeah. What's your number one book boyfriend? Okay. So my number one book boyfriend would have to be Jamie Fraser. Like it really, I had to like sit there and think about it and was like, who do I really want to end up with? And it was definitely Jamie Fraser. Um, and the show like Sam Hewen does such a good job with them too. So like I can't even really pick and say like book Jamie over show Jamie because they're both really great. I would yeah. take either. <laughs> yeah, we did that a book boyfriend so episode and that was my first, he's not my number one. I would say like Will Herondale is, but he was my first choice. I was like, yes, I can't forget him. <laughs> no, Jamie's I feel like best. he's such a good, like well-rounded choice <laughs> too. Of There's some that would like steal my attention away, but like Jamie Fraser is like a very solid choice. Yeah, very reliable. He is, he's he is <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> He is very attractive. Yeah. And you get to live in Scotland. I mean, it's really pretty good. Take me away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is amazing. Awesome. Cool. Well, so we have a few questions for you. Um, sure. I'm just looking a few things up. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started and what sort of inspired you to start Blissly Bookish? Yeah. So, um, I've always really loved reading like stereotypical, like Harry Potter nerd, um, grew up reading like fantasy and all those things. I have a degree in marketing and background and like working in agency settings and like doing a little bit of design and stuff. And I discovered 
throne of glass and like Sarah J mass when it first published, like I can remember coming across like an ad for it. And like, I think it was Cosmo girl of all things and being like, wow, this sounds like right up my alley. This just published. I'm going to pick it up and like read throne of glass and was like, yes, this is fantastic. I love this in 2017 was really getting into like, I discovered bookstagram and I hadn't read Akatar at that point. And I was like looking at hashtags and everything. It like kept talking about all these other characters. And I'm like, who are these people? I don't know who these are. And really got into that too. And was like, I really want merchandise. And like, at that time, I feel like bookish shops weren't like really a huge thing at that point. Like I can remember looking on Etsy and there was like a few, but they weren't really what I personally was looking for. So I was like, well, I could design this. Like I, I know what I like want and I can I like have the skill set to do it. Um, so I was just like, let me do this and see like what comes of it. And, uh, so like I designed like these shirts for myself and then I was like, I'm going to make a, a bookstagram and like put them on there. And so like I did, and I remember being so like thrilled when we launched, I launched in like May, 2017 and, um, I got like five or six orders the first day. And I was, I can remember just being so excited and like exclaiming to my husband that like people actually like what I did. How cool is that? Like, I felt so validated that, there was other fans out there and that they wanted what I wanted. And it was just like such a cool experience. And then it just kind of taken off off from there. That's so awesome. That's, that's always something that it's, it's really funny, especially when you are part of a specific fandom or certain things that you want to see, like for me, Lord of the Rings, 1000%. So I, I am always kind of searching for Lord of the Rings things, that audio that's like, it'll never be enough. Like that's me when it comes (laughs) to like anything Middle Earth related. So um, it's underrepresented on on Instagram too. I'm like so (laughs) surprised that more people are into Lord of the Rings. Like, I feel like it's one of those weird dichotomies that it's like very popular in like secular environment and like random people on the street love Lord of the Rings and they've never heard of Sarah J Mass and these things that are huge in our world. But yeah. then in our world, like Lord of the Rings isn't that big. I mean, everybody knows yeah. what it is, but the fan base doesn't seem to be like huge. Yeah. And the merch yeah. isn't really there for Lord of the Rings. I feel like either the obscure book merch, like there's so much SJM and like from Blood and Ash and things like that. Yeah. I feel like the, the Lord of the Rings stuff's not there. For sure. Yeah, I, no that's like the one big thing I love about your shop is like, there's so many things on there that are really popular, but I'm a huge Mortal Instruments fan. Like that was the one big series, I think that got me deep into fantasy and it got me back into fantasy and you're the like city of collection. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, this is so good. Cause I feel like you don't see the Mortal Instruments that much anymore. You see them on, they- on Bookstagram, but not like the merch. Right. And I've actually only read the Mortal Instruments of that series. I've never read um, any of the subsequent series. And um, my really good friend, (laughs) Georgia Peachy Queen Cosplay gives me crap all the time for it because I've never, I've never read them and I've never gone back for it, but I loved those. That was like one of the series that like kept me really involved in reading. Yeah. It's really good. And I feel like there's not a lot of like people post about it, but there's not a lot of hype around it. And I'm like, this is this whole set of series is, 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 I don't know how to say it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. all <laughs> the many things in the shadow hunter universe are like so good. I feel like it's another one that's kind of went into like a secular environment with like the movie and the TV show and stuff yeah. where it's gotten popular of like, you can encounter somebody out in the environment of like being really <laughs> excited about that. But then on bookstagram, it's like not huge either. Yeah, definitely. But it, it is really hard to like, from a shop perspective to decide like what to devote my attention to, to, because like, it, it is something that's a little frustrating to me of like, whenever I ask for polls, I could say like, give me recommendations for fairy, if a book or something. And like, no SJM, please. Like 
I would say 75% of it is SJM or, or something like it's the same series over and over again. And that's like what sells and what people want and stuff. But I really love, like, there's so many under hype series that I like want to give attention to and like want to make merchandise for and stuff. So I really try hard. I'm glad you guys see that to like balance of like very hype stuff and then stuff I like truly really love and want to give attention to because there's so many good writers out there. It's really hard. Yeah. I love that you also had, um, speaking of, of series that were kind of separate, um, the Bridgerton series, cause that was a book series before. And I love seeing the like Lady Bristledown stuff and everything. <laughs> so I, I love the Bridgerton series. Like I love it so much, the prequels, the everything. So, and obviously once it hit Netflix, everyone, it went crazy, but, um, it was always, it was nice to see that on there as well. So, um, yeah, I think you do a great job with your shop of bringing in different fandoms from not just the fantasy world, but different, um, fandoms from different genres. And it is greatly appreciated. Thank you. And I really want to try to continue to diversify. And like the goal for me personally has been when I like sat down and wrote down my like 2021 goals is like work with more debut authors because those individuals work so hard and deserve like so much attention. And it's really rewarding to be able to lift those people up. Like Lee Bardugo, Sarah J. Mass, like any of the big ones don't need my help for promoting or like, or making merchandise. There's enough hype around those series. So like to work with a small person, a smaller author, I should say, and, um, like have this relationship that I get to have with them is really cool. It's really fun. Yeah. And see all the things that they do kind of as their career progresses. That's yeah, really exactly. Cool. Yeah. And be uh, part of it, like from the ground floor. That's what like, I'm so excited about like what I do. Like, it's truly like a passion for me. And I think, I hope that's one of the things that sets me apart from other people is in other shops is that like, I literally put my heart and soul into this. And like, I'm just so excited every day, even when I have difficult days, because it's not all rainbows and sunshine, like business ownership is really hard. (laughs) Um, But even on the days, like I want to just like cry and like have a glass of wine. I'm still like, I'm like, I love this. Like I never dream of like leaving it. I'm like blessed to be able to do it as my job. Yeah, absolutely. So my question was going to be, how do you kind of get your ideas for the fandoms and how do you make that decision on, you know, what is going to make the final cut and all that kind of stuff? I try really hard to, um, like stay up on like what's popular on bookstagram. And a lot of the times it's just like scrolling and seeing what people are asking for posting about. Um, I try to, I need to do a better job, but I do try to like, look at what's upcoming and like, I can request arcs from publishers and stuff like that. It does come down to like, if authors are willing to work with me or not. And it's not any, it's not a personal site against me, but they may have other hoppers in the fire. They don't understand the value that like book of shops can bring, um, to promotional materials or like further books and hyping them up. So, um, like it's kind of just a lot of that that goes into it and balancing, um, like new authors and like going back, there's, there's a lot of older series that don't ha- doesn't have any merch or doesn't have a lot of merch that I want to give attention to as well. Awesome. Love that. How do you kind of come up with the ideas for, you know, the merchandise that you actually are going to sell? Cause you do have quite a variety of things that you offer. So. Yeah. So, um, I try really hard to, I have to read the book. It's really hard for me. Like anytime I get commissioned by a book box or any other partnership opportunities, it's, I'm always like, is there any way you could send me this arc or like, give me a little bit of time before I need to do this. So I can read the book. Cause I feel like there's so many like nuances to my designs that I'm sure people don't even pick up on it. Maybe they do, but it goes into like shirt color and font choice and, 
um like maybe even the prints like type I pick or the colors or like there's so much that goes into it of like that you don't pick up on by just like reading the synopsis or like a summary of something like there's so many or like even like a quote could look great on Goodreads and it be from a terrible character and I would never know it because <laughs> I haven't read the book or something you know so I really have to like read it and as I'm reading it I try to take a lot of notes I take a lot of screenshots my phone um photo album is just a complete utter mess because it's just a bunch of screenshots of like random stuff and I like highlight anything that I think could possibly interest be interesting in a book as well and that can kind of compile it at the end when I'm like I try to write a review as well um I really only post like four stars or five stars on my website but I do post like things that I'm not really a fan of on Goodreads Um, and then I like try to go through and be like, okay, how can I flush out these ideas while I'm like doing my review and stuff and keeping that like kind of fresh in my mind. And then maybe it's like reaching out to the author and seeing if I can like have permission to do that and what goes into that. That's quite a lengthy process. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Like I, I, uh, I love that people will write me and be like, you guys, you merch turn this, this right now. And I'm like, man, (laughs) I've got so much on my plate and like to read and stuff that like, I would love that. And I'm putting it on a list, but I can't just immediately like crank it out as as I would love to. That's appreciated. I mean, I think people who, you know, your customers definitely see that, um, when it comes to, like you said, the shirt colors or the the fonts or the quotes that go in there. And, um, there's little things that you pick up on that you're just like, Oh yes. Like, you know, it's just, um, and it's, a nod to the, to the author, a nod to the book, a nod to the fandom, uh, which is always appreciated. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and you can tell that that work goes into it and it's appreciated and it, it makes for a a better product and, um, uh, happy customers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) some, something else I didn't mention in that process is I try to go on like Etsy and like stay up to date on bookstagram of what other shops are doing too, in a way that I don't want to step on anyone's toes Yeah. of like, if I see like, um, like for blood and ash was a good example of like, there's so many shops that have products like shirts or otherwise with like the, you're a stunning murderous little creature on it. Um, and I recently, um, got, licensing to do JLA stuff. So I'll have JLA stuff going on, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to make a product with that quote on it. Like I want to pick things that are like not as represented in the book because why would I do something someone else is doing that is doing a great job of it when I could do something different and do my own thing and, you know, not compete in that regard. Yeah. That's really awesome. And you have, I feel like a lot of really unique things, you know, the book, the, um, house of wind book club and, I have your shoe charms that lighted up once from Crescent city and I'm like obsessed with them. And I was like, what a clever idea. And I, feel I really like need to do more shoe charms. Cause I love them. Like my nineties yeah. heart is like, yes, I want these on all of my shoes. I think they're so like fun and like pins are really fun to design in general. Like that. I'm not an illustrator by any means. I look at these like character artists and I'm like, holy crap, you like are amazing. I wish I could like produce art like that, but like I'm much more simplistic in my art style and like pins are a great way to do something that looks really great. Yeah. <laughs> my I love current that. capabilities. <laughs> pins are the best for book people, I think. And the charms are, I don't know. I think they're so unique and I like, I'm obsessed <laughs> as soon as it's I saw them. Fun. I really like, try really hard to do like things that aren't being done by other people. I really do want to make my own way in the yeah. environment. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. On to the next, to our next question. Um, so, you know, we're talking about your whole process and everything and 
sounds like you do a lot of research and put a lot of work into this, which is, again, as I said before, appreciated. So you could, what's one thing that you wish you would have known when you began that maybe would have made your process easier or you would have adjusted in the process maybe along the way? I think to not be afraid to reach out to authors or like, there's all this gray area that goes into creating merchandise of like, is licensing required? What, you know, what goes into it? How do I get approval? Who do I reach out to? And there's still a lot of gray area four years into business because every author and every publisher does it different, but not being like knowing my own worth and knowing like, Hey, even though I'm small, I can reach out to these people and usually get a response, whether it be positive or negative, but you know, like putting myself out there a little bit more in the beginning and like understanding that process. I think I would have like encouraged myself to do that a little bit more. That's awesome. I really like that. Cause I feel like you get so far into it and you're like, okay, what would I have done? Or, you know, what could I do to do better as you go on? But you never really think back and <laughs> think about what you could have done differently. Right. And I'm thinking like, I wish I would have taken more like classes. There's so many free resources. If you're like wanting to learn how to do design and stuff for products of like, I'm on Skillshare all the time and I'm on Udemy and like all of these things I can like you know, watch and learn and how to improve like my use of the products I use, like Adobe Illustrator and like uh, Procreate and things like that. So, I mean, maybe just devoting even more time to that and like learning that aspect of it um, even more from the beginning and knowing what I'm doing (laughs) because it was a lot of trial and error. (laughs) It still is, to be honest. (laughs) Always. So you do all the designs and stuff like that yourself? Pretty much. Um, I'm very forthcoming. If I like partner with an artist, I'm trying to get better about partnering with artists. Like, um, I know you guys follow me. So you probably saw like the fictional flames, um, tournament that I'm doing. Like I'm partnering with a character artist to be able to do that design on the shirt, because again, I'm not a character artist. And I think it's great to give a platform to other artists as well. Like there's so many talented people in our community, like bookstagram is so lucky and all of the artists like we have such a wide range of artists there's art for like any style potentially out there and stuff so partnering with them and like and bringing that because they bring their own fan base into it too and then I bring fans to them and like relying a little bit more on that like uh relationship so I, um, I do do like 90% of the designs, but sometimes I do partner out the literary satchels. We try to do like at least one design, um, not me designing it. And then there's like been a couple shirts and things along the lines that were not mine. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, and, really cool. uh, one of the things I wanted to announce, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, uh, the next pin series for novel threads without giving too much away, I'm actually partnering with an artist to do those pins. I'm not designing those pins. So there's another artist that's coming in to design these pens for me. That's going to be so fun. (laughs) That's awesome. What kind of got you inspired to start that collection? I guess this is kind of an obscure question, but I really love pens and like, I've always been wanting to do pens and I did the, like the destination stamps before that as well. Um, so I was always trying to think of like ways I could do like a series of pens, like I don't know. I, I I'm like such an OCD person, but like what goes into like designing a product to me, I'm like, well, I have this single idea of this pin. I'm such a fixator of like, I really want to see this, this one pin come to life, but like, how can I, like, I don't want to just release one pin. Like, do I create a series for that fandom of like several pins? Do I like, is that, um, like concept replicable across like different fandoms? Like, how do I make this like happen? 
So, um, novel threads was like that. I really wanted to see like an Aelin's like uh, dragon dress, the first one in the series, like come to life. And I was looking for something again, like the, the market in the bookstagram world is kind of saturated, especially in the pin environment too, of like, there's so many gorgeous pins and like trying to find a unique concept that I could really like make my own and like adopt into my branding of like, when people see these pins, they think of like blissfully bookish. Cause like, I don't feel like, I mean, you think of like me doing shirts, but there's not like a specific style that like really recalls my branding. Um, maybe the jerseys now have definitely become a part of my branding, but the novel threads is something I wanted to like, they'd be like, oh, that's clearly like blissfully bookish. That's awesome. That is such a clever idea. I love that. Yeah. The jerseys oh, are great. <laughs> they, yes. I'm also obsessed with the jerseys. <laughs> I like, They're I curse that I like live in Florida and can't wear them all year yeah. round because like, I wish I could, cause they're yeah. like, they cover your butt. They're like oversized. They're comfy. They like look cute on everybody, like of all shapes and sizes. Like I'm all about them. Speaking of that, we really appreciate <laughs> your different sizings uh for shirts that was something that when I well both Tatiana and I when we order things were um how should we put it a bit top heavy and so we <laughs> um when it comes to shirts it's very like okay is this gonna fit and sure. does it fit well or does it look like you know, a baby gap size, like, is right. this not gonna, is yeah, this yeah. not gonna work out? Um, and that was something I was so excited for when I opened, uh, like my package, when I was looking at the shirts and trying them on, I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Like they fit and they fit so well. And so that was something I was extremely excited about though. I yeah. love the standard shirts we use. And I know they are used by a lot of bookish shops, but are the Bella and canvas, um, 3001 is the code name for it. Um, but they're, I feel like they're so flattering for so many people. Like I, you know, go up to four X and then down to small. And then sometimes for special shirts, I can get extra smalls, but they're very, um, few and far between, unfortunately. Um, but they, they seem to fit like everybody. I'm so amazed that like the quality of pictures I get from customers and like how they can style them and you can like size up and like wear them long or tie them or like do different things and they look great and they're super comfy too. I, I mean, I personally, like that was a big mantra when I first started of like, I had ordered from a couple places on Etsy and like, I ended up with like the stereotypical, like Gildan from like Walmart, um, like the, like very boxy, like itchy. And I was like, no, I don't want this. This is like not good. So <laughs> I like was always like, I've got to have something that I want to wear. That's like my baseline of it, of like, it, I've got to be comfortable wearing it for me to produce it. Yeah. We love yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah. It's appreciated. It's definitely appreciated. I know I, I had ordered and Tatiana's like, they fit right. Right. And I was like, no, they're perfect. They're amazing. And she's yeah. like, all right, awesome. I'm buying all of them now. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely something that, uh, that is appreciated. And I know from, you know, many people, different sizes and shapes and sizes and, you know, it's, it's yeah. appreciated. Yeah. It's hard. And like, even like the jerseys, like I get some women that are like, I wish you offered more than two X in the jerseys. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm stuck with a manufacturer. Like I don't though for those specifically, I'm not manufacturing the blank, like uh, shirt. I'm just like doing the design that goes on it. So like some of the products that even in my shop that you see that are lower ranges, like I'm just stuck with the manufacturer, man. Like that's the only thing I can offer. Cause I like hate it. Like I would literally offer as big as I possibly could as small as I possibly could all the time, because like, I want to be that for people. And, um, you know, I don't want to just, you know, not include anybody. Like everybody looks so different in different body types and everything else. And 
yeah, why would I not want to offer that to make somebody feel good? You know? Yeah. That's been really nice, especially for me. I'm always worried about ordering and that's why I'm always like hesitant. I have like hardly any bookish clothing merch. Cause I'm always, always worried. And yeah, Kirsten ordered and I was like, okay, here I go <laughs> diving in. <laughs> I'm glad it worked out for both of you guys. Yeah. And, um, while I don't do exchanges or returns because like all the products are made to order is like, mm-hmm. so I'm not keeping like a stock of most of these things. Like if there's ever like a quality concern or something, because I'm not, you know, maybe there's like a hole in a seam or something like I replace them, like no questions asked within like 30 days of like receipt. If there's anything wrong with a print or it's crooked or it's this or it's that, like just reach out to me. And like, I want to treat everybody like I would want to be treated. So, um, like within 30 days, I'm like, yeah, it's not, not a problem. We'll get you another one. That's awesome. So speaking of kind of running the business and all of that, do you do everything kind of primarily on social media or what made you decide to, you know, market specifically to bookstagram or, you know, that kind of thing and create your own website versus doing Etsy and that stuff. So I started out on Etsy and I still have an Etsy. Um, I kind of let my Etsy die because, um, for like a long time, because they, um, aren't very kind to their sellers, unfortunately, like, um, they were when I first started pretty good, but now they do not back sellers at all. And unfortunately with like the start of TikTok, it seems like there's a lot of people that go on TikTok. I don't know why this is a trend and like tell people how to scam environments. Like I saw somebody that was saying like, if you, this is really random, but if you wear a shirt with under boob to, uh, Disney world, they, you can't do that. Like they don't want you to have like under boob showing at Disney world. So they'll give you a voucher to go to the gift store and like buy, um, like a shirt, like just whatever shirt. So this girl would do this and then go and buy the spirit jerseys, like my jerseys that are like $80 in the gift shop. And like, it was free. And so, and that like went viral and there was several trends like that on, um, Etsy as well of like, here's how to buy off Etsy. And like, basically Etsy can't prove that you didn't receive the shirt or or whatever it is and scam. And like the shops have no recourse of that. And they started to take more fees. Like if you're over a certain, um, threshold of like what you're, you're making in your shop, you can't opt out of their Google ads that they offer you. So like when somebody purchases this from my Etsy, I lose about 20% of the order off the top because, because of advertising fees and their platform fees. So it just became an unsustainable platform for me and like not one I want to invest my time in. And then like with fandom merchandise, like your stuff can get shut down at any point. Like, like, especially like a lot of people do Harry Potter, like Warner brothers goes through and does like sweeps and like takes that out and stuff. It's just not a very secure platform for people to operate on random. So, um, like I have an Etsy still, and I have permission to make serpent and dove merchandise from Shelby Maharan, um, herself. And so I have my little heathen shirt and apparently somebody has gone through and trademarked a little heathen on clothing and he like makes motorcycle gear. So I get a like copy infringement and takedown notice from Etsy. And like, you can only get like three or four of those in the, like the whole time of your shop existing. Like that's another thing. If you have like 20 years on Etsy, if you get like three notices, your shop goes down. Like, it doesn't matter if it's like six months or 20 years or whatever, there's no recourse, um, for this guy that like had it for motorcycle gear. And I got like dinged on my shop for it. So even though I had permission from the author and I'm doing everything right on my end, like this random person could do that to me. So, um, 
I don't even remember. Sorry. I'm like rambling. I don't even remember the original question. Totally but, fine. Um, yeah, I was just asking kind of how you decided to transition, I guess, from Etsy, then that's the question <laughs> how to transition from Etsy, you know, to your own storefront and do you do all your marketing and stuff like that on social media and how that's kind of worked for you? Pretty much. I, we have a really unique community. Um, and the fact that it exists on Instagram, I don't feel like any other like community has what we do for bookstagram. And that's really what it is. I mean, I do email marketing, but I feel like personally, like uh, sales emails are so annoying to me. So I like, <laughs> it's always like announcements of like, here's what the next novel threads pit is, or like, here's this, like, I don't want to like bombard people in emails and stuff. And I feel like Instagram is such like a, like, I don't feel like I'm bombarding people with anything. They're on there to look at things like that, if that makes sense. So I do do primarily like through social media marketing awesome. for myself. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That is a, speaking of which, is there, so, you know, we're talking about you marketing through social media. Are there, are there a couple people on social media who have maybe influenced you, maybe how you market, maybe how you, um, show some of the designs or even create some of your designs? Um, are there any people who are on bookstagram or even book talk or the book interwebs, <laughs> shall we say, um, that have influenced, that have influenced you and kind of how you maybe run your business? Um, so no one that I can think of really off of bookstagram itself, but I follow a ton of like boutique brands and like t-shirt brands outside of bookstagram. I try not to follow like a ton of like shops or like different things on bookstagram just because I don't want to be like inadvertently influenced by something I'm seeing. Um, but I do like, there's no super original ideas out there anymore. So like I follow a ton of like shirt brands and stuff that's just completely outside of bookstagram to like oh, I really like that design style or, oh, like I take a lot of my photos myself or my husband <laughs> takes them for me. And he is, I love him to death, but terrible at photos, like the most unflattering photos and angles and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Um, so now I like follow so many and I screenshot them or save the post or whatever it is. And then I'm like, see, this is exactly what I want you to do. Like, here's the angle. This is what, tell me, like, help me recreate this photo of like this other shirt brand that does something like that. So um, yeah, through, through like that, I do look at other uh, like shirt brands just outside of bookstagram. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Men are the worst photographers. Let's be honest. They're not great. <laughs> I wish I had like a sister or something or yeah. a best friend that was like really close and, and good at that into this world. Cause like I have friends of course, and like I, they will do good at taking pictures, but they don't, they're not in bookstagram. They're not totally getting like the, the vibe yeah. I need. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. That's, it's always funny whenever you're in like a group, you're like a group, a group of people or like a group of girls and you ask someone to like take a picture and it's like a guy and he's like, yep. And he takes one picture and then he's like, here you go. You're like, oh no, oh, no, 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 yeah, honey. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no. like the best money. is funny. He's like, when he, you know, he has either like a sister or a girlfriend or a wife and he's like, I, I took like 10. Yeah. Pictures. So <laughs> that's, like, that's a good one. You, you're like, you, you, you know, my you husband. know, sir. You know, my husband still does it of like, and he's been doing it for so long, but he'll take like one and he's holding the phone for like, I swear to God, like three minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like with this phone right now? And I get back and there's like literally one picture or maybe two pictures. And I'm yeah. like, 
I've been posing in the same pose for like 45 seconds. What is going on? You need to be like snapping things. I need and then 45 like, at the end. <laughs> right. Right. And the portrait mode's not even on buddy. Like what's going on? Like, we're not even, you're not even helping me here. So <laughs> yeah. What you're saying is you need a photographer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I absolutely do. For That's sure. So funny. I love that. <laughs> Especially with COVID it's been hard <sighs> to like, um, like I was getting together with friends and stuff to take pictures, but now it's like just me. And I mean, now it's better because of like the vaccine and stuff, but it was a lot of me taking a picture. I'm like, I'm sick of taking pictures. <laughs> There's so much that goes into it. Oh my gosh. I bet. So how do you kind of decide to do that? Um, I know that you've had a couple other girls like model for you and stuff. Do you just pick other customers or that's kind of a random question, but just curious, <laughs> I guess um, how you decide to do the marketing on the website. So I will be doing another rep search coming up within the next like week or two. Um, and I do rely on reps a lot to take pictures because that way I can get, um, a super diverse group of like different body types and, um, ethnicities and everything else. And, um, to use that and the reps do give me permission to use it on the website as well. Um, if it's something specific, I rely, thankfully I'm like an hour away from PG queen cosplay, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I rely on her a lot. And especially being like a cosplayer herself, I feel like she knows her angles and she knows what she's doing when it comes to photos and stuff. So that makes it a little easier if I like have to have control over the picture. But, um, yeah, sometimes I reach out to customers too, for, especially with reels, reels have become so important for bookstagrammers and, um, businesses like, so, um, if I see something I like, I'll reach out and be like, Hey, in exchange for a shirt, would you be willing to like do this for me? And usually people are game for it. That's awesome. That's really cool. So innovative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially with how that app is changing. I mean, obviously with the introduction of TikTok and the, the video format of TikTok and then reels was introduced to, uh, to Instagram. And so now it's like reels and pictures and IGTV and all the things that it's like, okay, gotta like focus our attention. I mean, that's something Tatiana and I with our, with the, yeah, with the bookish banter page, we're like, okay, we got to do the reels and we got to do this and we got to do it. So, um, yeah, it, it gets, it gets to be a lot, but I mean, it's fun. It's always fun to kind of have that it's so much creativity. though. And like, yeah, oh it's so much. And it's such a time suck. Sometimes I'm Ugh. very thankful of like, I was able to step back a little bit from social media and, um, hire somebody to help me. Her name is Madison and she does a great job, um, with our page, but because it was just me for so long doing it. And at least with the business and the size that I've grown to, and I'm very thankful for it, but there's always DMS, there's always comments, there's always reposts. There's always acknowledgement that needs to happen at some point. And I'm actually an introvert. So like some days I was like, like, don't talk to me. Like, please just no one, like no one just text me. Like, I just like want to throw my phone across the, the uh, room or something. So yeah, it, it can be a lot. I looked at like an algorithm, like somebody at Instagram recommended how many you're like supposed to do for growth or something. And it's insane. Like what you're saying of like, it was like four to six, like IGTVs a week, like 10 or something like reels. I'm like, who has time for this? You'd have to have a team of people to do this. Like it's not sustainable for one person or even two people. Yeah. It's so wild. And it's like, you could put all the content out there and it's like one of those 50 things you post is going to do well. And it's, yeah, we've, we've been figuring that slowly, but surely. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we're going to post all these, we like post the videos and we're like, all right, which one's going to take off. And then like a week later, maybe one like random one will take yeah. off. And you're like, cool. That's, I mean, I'm fine with it, but it's also just like, 
it's figuring exhausting. out <laughs> what what works and it's it's been it's a process yeah but, yeah it's definitely, definitely I, I've learned that like time investment doesn't also mean like <laughs> to go viral of like it's yeah the thing that it was like super shitty that I did in 15 minutes that I don't have makeup on and like it, then it's like always oh, that was well. like <laughs> explodes and then like the thing I spent like five hours on it's like wah wah like it's so That's, frustrating <laughs> yeah it's so it's never like time is money either. Like it's never worth it. You know, you're like, you have no idea what's going to work out better. Yes. So funny. Um, it's, uh, it gets to be a little crazy, (laughs) but I mean, kind of talking about, you know, the whole business and everything and, um, what you've learned doing the business. Do you have any advice for someone who might be looking to start a small business or some sort of bookish idea or something that they have brewing and they want to, they want to, uh, they want to develop, but they are not sure where to start. Research, 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 and like anything you possibly can and find your niche. Like don't copy somebody else, um, of like even concept wise, like find what you're strongest at, like what you uniquely bring to the table of like, do you have a particular art style? Do you have, Like, do you want to make your own clothing? Do you want to, I I don't know what it would be, but like just your unique take on something like it's fine to be inspired by others, but like your unique spin needs to be brought to the table too. And then like, there's a faux pas and I don't know if this is bad for me to mention, but I get a lot of messages of like people going, I love your shop and I want to start my own t-shirt company too. Like, and for books as well, can you like, give me resources? Can you tell me how you start your business? And like, well-intentioned, I am sure, but like, please don't do that. Like, please, like, I I feel like that's a, I was talking to my husband about that. that This is like an entry barrier that every business owner has to go through. Like you need to find your own stuff. Like you need to research vendors. Like I'm not going to just provide you my vendor list or my like pricing calculator, like these things that like have taken me long. Had somebody asking for my licensing agreement that I provide to authors. Like I paid, I paid an attorney for that. Like, I'm not going to just give you my licensing agreement. So like, just do it all yourself, <laughs> like find resources. There's plenty of businesses that offer free resources. I have no problem. I've helped people if they have specific questions about Adobe Illustrator or programs or something, absolutely willing to answer questions, but like proprietary information, please don't ask other shops or businesses for. Awesome. That's really good advice. I feel like it's not the same for us with podcasting, but I all, we were a little bit worried about that when we first started, we were like, where do we start? You know, and right, we did a right. ton of research, but we've had a few people reach out to us too. And they're like, Hey, we want to start one. Like, where do we start? And I'm like, I don't know, YouTube. <laughs> like, right. Right. That's where right. we started. I don't know. <laughs> like, we're not masters, but, um, you know, yeah, we've had a, a handful of people say that and I'm like, I'll show you the way, but like the way right. is research, you know? And right. And, it like, totally is. And like, you may find a way better idea than I did or like a better do. Like, I don't know everything. Like I still have things that I'm like, well, that sucked. Like, why did I do that? Or something. So like you could come in and find like a way that's 10 times better and cost cheaper and everything else. And like, yeah, don't, don't rely on other people for it. Yeah. Definitely. For that's sure. Awesome. That's really good advice. Research and don't rely on other people. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Research, Perfect. research, research. So I love that. Speaking of running the business and everything, what's kind of your favorite part of running the business and what's been, you know, the most rewarding over the last four years? It's so cool to see something that was in my head, like come to fruition and I hold it in my hands. Like the first time I ever got a pin that I designed and like, 
shirts are cool, but like that shirt exists with my art on it or not. So like that product is just like totally existing. So like to have a pin that I drew by hand and then illustrated in Adobe illustrator, and then like become a physical product that I can hold. It was just the coolest feeling ever. And then to have people be so excited about my stuff, like even when there's frustrating interactions when somebody misses out on like a limited edition product or something to have people feel that way about something I create is like so flattering and so like wonderful. And, um, it's just, it's just really cool. That's so fun. I can't imagine. I, I do a lot of crafting and it's like watching stuff come to life. And then I can't imagine doing it on such like a large scale and having all these people want that. And I mean, you make amazing products regardless. <laughs> Everything is so, you know, wonderful. So that's really cool. And it's, it's always fun to, you know, chat with you guys. And I think social media makes it really accessible where we get to have these conversations yes. with you guys in yes. your DMS and lives. And so it's really, I love that too. Yes. Yeah. I made and like I, real life friends. Like I, I like, I'm sure you guys <laughs> as well of like actual friends that I like meet up with and stuff. And it's like, this is so cool. I would have never met you if this didn't exist. Yeah. And it's cool to kind of get to use your products and have them and then be like, this is a real person. And I think sometimes we forget that. And that's the one, that's another one of the million things I love about bookstagram, but that's such a fun thing about bookstagram is like, you get to see the face behind all of these businesses and see all the hard work that goes into it and, and, you know, amazing things come out of it. Yeah. It's also wonderful when people reach out to you and they're like, Oh, we really love this. Or we really, you know, this is something that I definitely related to and it, or, you know, made me smile or, you know, and so that's always such a rewarding thing whenever, I mean, in any kind of creative process and any kind of thing that you're creating. So, um, yeah, it's, that's so awesome. And seeing things come to life and making people happy. It's just also like bookstagram is so great because I feel it's, it's kind of, it's, it's amazing. I absolutely love it, but it's also kind of funny because you'll be like, I have like, 10 bookish friends who don't know I exist, but I know like their favorite book and their their favorite genre and author and all these things. And I know their dog's name, but we've never met in real life. (laughs) So, um, it's kind of cool, but it's, it's such a wonderful community and everyone is so just amazing and supportive. It's, it's, I'm, you know, very, we're all very blessed to be a part of this amazing community. Absolutely. Yeah. I interact with the kindest people ever. Like I have things saved on my phone of like people sending me just like thoughtful or like this made an impact on my life. And like when I'm having a hard day or I have a hard interaction with somebody or something, like I look at those things and I'm like, they're, you know, there's such sweet people that go out of their way to lift each other up. And there's a lot of people in the community that are like that. Like, Um, last year, my grandmother died of COVID and, um, like at the time I didn't have Madison. So it was all on me and it was just a really hard process. And like, that's one of the downsides of the small business is it is all on you. So there's, there's no days off. Like, I don't think people realize that like you're working 24 seven essentially. Um, so with that, it was like really hard for me to go through the grieving process and like keep up with posting and stuff like that. And I was very honest in my stories about what had happened. And I had like probably 10 people reach out to me and say like, Hey, I do social media for my company. Or I do this. Like, can I help you? Can you, can you give me access to help like answer DMS or can I, you know, like help you in any way or take over posting or like anything just to help you out in this time. And like the thought that people would do that and like people re- people were like very adamant about like, I don't want money. Like, I just want to help you like kind of thing. And I'm just like, this is, I would never take anybody up on that offer. And of course I would compensate anyone that I did, but like, 
wow, this is just like blew me away with people's kindness. And like, I got like grief cards in the mail that people had mailed me and stuff like just very kind. Yeah. This is such an uplifting community and I'm sorry for your loss. It's awful. Um, Thank you. And it's just, yeah, it's been like, it's, it's been such a journey. I feel like for all of us that have been, we've said this kind of before in previous episodes, but it's like, it's been such a journey with COVID. And I feel like so many of us have been in isolation and all this stuff for so long and joined in 2020 and have found this like amazing community full of people and, you know, books and, and everything. And, you know, it's been so like uplifting and honestly, it's been a highlight of my year (laughs) to kind of join this and be a part of it. Yeah. COVID would have been so hard without an online community like this. Like that would have been devastating for a lot of people. And I know COVID is devastating for a lot of people, but like, I hope that they find light in this community. Yeah. And people have been honestly, they're just been so, I couldn't say enough good words about bookstagram and, you know, the book online community and how thoughtful everybody is and how wonderful they are. For sure. So kind of speaking of people in your life that are really important, are there any people you would like to mention that inspired you to start the business or have been kind of your big inspiration throughout you know, your journey? Um, I mean, my main inspiration was Sarah J Mass, and obviously I don't know her personally, but that she is very influential and in why I started this business. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, I'm very thankful for Georgia peachy queen cosplay because she randomly bought my shirt in like the first year in business and posted it. And I can remember like she had like 4,000 followers at the time. And like, I had like over a thousand and I was like, so thrilled that this like big account like posted my stuff and like became friends with her and developed a friendship. And she's like been a support. She is my rant buddy. If I need to rant about anything or support or anything, she's been great. Anything I need, she's great about that. Um, Bridie is another one. She ran the white thorns, but she actually closed down that account. Um, she is bookishly Bridie now. Um, she is also a huge support and a listener and somebody who provides me good ideas. Um, those people have been my rock and like developing ideas are telling me like, no, Catherine, that's crap. Please don't do that (laughs) because there's a lot of that that goes on as well. Um, and my husband will never listen to this, but Daryl has been a savior in this whole thing. I am the creative big dream person. Um, and he is an accountant by trade and keeps me, (laughs) um, brings me down in the ways that I need to be brought down with things and, um, never complains about when I tell him we've got 600 pins that need to go out by tomorrow and we need to quality control all of them, put them out. So, um, he never complains and that is fantastic. So that's amazing. We all need a good accountant in our life. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Keeps us, keeps us grounded. Yeah. (laughs) Someone in finance of some form. <laughs> that so was a cool. new, that was a new development for us. So he, um, was working a job, um, up until January and then has come on like full time with his stuff. Um, he is started a new business. I'll shout him out website warlocks. If you're an author, blogger, um, shop like me in the fandom environment, they are making custom websites and they're really freaking cool. Um, but he moonlights as, uh, the King or I'm sorry, the counselor of kingdom and coin for blissfully bookish. And, um, yeah, he, uh, took over my finances in January and I was like, please, I never want to look at another spreadsheet again or anything else, <laughs> no taxes, no anything. So it's been great. <laughs> yeah. That's super helpful. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. That name is, that is oh, just yeah. <laughs> all wonderful. the names so on your creative. guys' website is so funny to me. Thank you. <laughs> I always crack up. I was like looking through it and I was like, wow, yeah, <laughs> that's so inventive. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So, um, 
kind of, you know, going with that, is there anything that you have coming up that's new and exciting? I know I saw on your Instagram that you have a new launch coming up at time of recording. You have a launch coming out. It'll be out by the time this episode (laughs) is out, but, um, so very excited. Anything new and exciting coming up that you would like to talk about? So we have a launch. Um, I'm not actually sure this is recording on Wednesday and there's a launch on Friday and I'm not sure all that's going into the launch on Friday. (laughs) Um, but I do know that there will be, um, get a life Chloe Brown merchandise as well as nature of witches merchandise. Um, I'm hopeful for some other things as well um, that will be in that launch. I am, have been focusing the last couple of months on limited edition merchandise, but I want to give some attention to, um, the stuff that's always on our website, like what you ladies are wearing. Um, because I do try to balance of like things people don't want to miss out on and may have FOMO if they miss out on, but stuff that will always be there that people can purchase at their leisure. So, um, hopeful to have some more of that stuff. And I believe you guys have a code to be used on the website for things like that as well. Discount code. Um, and then something that may be live by the time this is, um, released, but may not be is our next, um, uh, charity pin. No, <laughs> um, I was like Jersey. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> oh, we do have, I can talk about that. We have, uh, two more jerseys this year. Um, one will be from blood and ash, which I haven't said anywhere, but that's what one of them will be, but it'll probably be in August or September because it's so dang hot in the summer. Yeah. I just like, can't imagine releasing a Jersey. Um, but those will be coming towards the end of the year for that. Um, Inside scoop. if somebody that's <laughs> incentive to listen to your podcast and listen this far into your podcast is there's a drop on the next Jersey <laughs> that I won't be telling anybody until August. So you're way ahead of the, the schedule on that one. I'm so excited. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it here first. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exclusive here. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm working on the next charity pin. I just finalized it today. It should be live around the time of this going live and it is going to be, um, these violent delights inspired and we're giving the money to hate is a virus, which is something that fights misinformation and the hate that API people receive, um, because of coronavirus and the misinformation that was provided by our leaders in the U S. <laughs> um, so that is, it's really stunning. I'm really excited to see it produced. It's going to be rose gold with glitter and yeah, so that's coming out soon. Do you have any restocks coming up? I know you were asking about the hats today. The hats. I'm curious. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think that those will be live by the time this goes out and may have sold out by the time people hear this, but, um, we are doing a limited restock of those. Um, I really want to do some more hats. So if anybody is listening to this and has ideas of dad hats, they would like to see, please send them my way. Yeah. I need to do some more Raven cycle stuff. I totally agree with that. I love Raven cycle so much. And that's another one that I don't feel like has a whole lot of, um, love. I feel like a little bit more with, uh, Mr. Impossible coming out and, um, call down the Hawk, but not a ton, not enough. Yeah. Not enough. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I love Crescent Uh, city and the Raven voice. It's like 67% of my personality. So (laughs) I have like a Raven voice necklace on like, (laughs) So who's your favorite from Raven boys? Ronan's my favorite. Yeah. So I was thrilled to read call down the Hawk. It took me a really long time to get through it, but I love him the most. 
I struggled with that. I'm not going to lie. I did. I rated that one pretty low. I feel like there was a lot of magic that happened with them as a group that I felt like this book maybe lacked. I have not read Mr. Impossible. um, So I don't know, but yeah, I do. Yeah. I do love Ronan though. And I was very sad. We didn't get more Adam and as well. Cause he was, I, I was worried they were going to break up at the end. And I was yeah. like, I'm not going to finish the book if they break up. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> I just going to put it down. <laughs> He's like, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to be crushed. Yeah. If they break up. He's like, if anyone knows, don't tell me, <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm going to just bury it. And it's, it's like, it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> just going to end it at whatever page I'm on. <laughs> so do you, do you think we'll actually this is totally a train of thought but um do you think we'll get end up getting like the sci-fi show like we've been promised for that I don't know I feel like this is the time like this would be the time to get the shows because everything's doing so well you know like Shadow and Bone right. Bridgerton they're talking about doing the Red Queen and the Red Queen's an older series too right like it came I out feel like so I never read it but I feel like so many people hate it like the way it ended and stuff and I don't I don't know the context or anything about it but I don't yeah. So many people don't like it anytime. It's one of those that I joke on my stories that like, anytime anybody's like, are you doing red queen merchandise? Literally I, my DMS explode of people going, don't read it. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> so, there's yeah. some things in there. Like there's a couple really good quotes. I read the first two and a half books and then I just couldn't finish the rest of the series. There's a couple really good quotes in there and the concept is good, but like it, it goes in a really weird place and yeah. I'm surprised that they're making a show out of it. So it's like, if they're going to make a show of the red queen, I would be shocked if they didn't do the Raven cycle because I feel like it's really coming back. Yeah. Like it's an older series, but now there's so much fandom behind it with bookstagram and people like reading it and all this stuff. I would be shocked if they didn't bring some kind of series forward. Well, and they were so successful with the magicians, which I love the magicians. It's one of my, that was probably one I could have given you as a recommendation. One of my all-time favorite series. Um, But I, I personally did not like the show. I only watched like the half of the first season because it was so different. It was such a different concept than the books. It was just like totally different. Um, but so many people loved it. It was, it's more hyped in the show than it is in the books. Like people hate the books and love the show. So I'm like on the opposite end of that spectrum. Oh. But I haven't yeah. read the books, but I really, I do love the show. I really yeah. like the, the actors, but I've never read the books. So I've been told different. to watch the show. I have not watched the show or read the books. So that seems to be the case for me and most things. <laughs> I feel like you may actually like the magicians because my complaint, anyone I've ever recommended the magicians to except my husband, which is probably why we're married because he loved them. But everybody else goes, this is boring. What the crap happened in this book? Nothing happened in the first book. And that's like, they stop after that. So if you like Lord of the Rings, which is, I feel like a critique that a lot of people give Lord of the Rings, that it's boring and they're over it by the time anything exciting happens, you may like the magicians. (laughs) I don't feel like a lot happens in the first season. If we're being honest. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think if you go into it thinking that they're different, then it's probably pretty good. But I saw when you had that come out on your shop, I was like, I need these. Yeah. (laughs) The joggers. I was like, yes. (laughs) That's so funny. I love that. Yeah, it's I'm I hope so. Fingers crossed. I I could do for all the Raven Cycle things. That was that's I agree. Yeah. I feel like they could do a great job with it. So I would be excited to see it, see it happen. Yeah, Yeah, especially with how well these shows have been doing I mean especially I mean Shadow and Bone came out a while ago the Bridgerton series came out and just the first book the Duke and I came out in 2000 right. so I mean these these aren't newer series which is right. which is kind of nice I mean it's yeah. nice to see the love for those series that 
there is like a strong fandom behind and people absolutely love and then bringing that to the screen and then when they do it well um right, it's, right. it's never yes. fun when they don't do it well and no. you're just kind of like oh that was that was rough but um when they do it well um it's always just so enjoyable and so <laughs> I, I mean I know when Bridgerton came out I was like Asked Tatiana, I was so annoying. I was just like, I'm so excited for the show to come out. I love the Bridgerton series. Like, I was obsessed, but I was so worried. I was like, if they ruin this for me, I'm gonna be so upset. But I mean, Shonda Rhimes is amazing, so she just yeah. she did just spectacular with that. So show, that's so. that's one that I actually feel like the show does a better job than the book. So I did not read any of the books until I watched the show, and I became obsessed with the show and watched it like four times in the matter of a week. And my husband's like, is this really on again? Like we're really doing this. Um, but then I went and read the Duke and I, and I felt like it was clearly a romance novel. Like the whole like point of the book is their romance. Like none of the secondary characters even really exist. Like they, the mom says a couple lines, like Anthony says a couple lines and that's like it. None of the other ones really exist. So the the show did such a good job of fleshing it out and making you care about all these characters. And it's smart of them to do that because obviously the books follow like certain couples, like each book. And then like the other ones essentially disappear or whatever secondary. Um, so you care about these people. So then you're like, not mad when the other ones disappear, but yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people were very, very, very upset when, uh, that when they found out Roger Jean was not going to be in. Uh, it's a very good looking man. It is, ooh, it is a loss. <laughs> Yeah, it is a loss, but I will say Anthony's, Anthony's book was really good as one of my favorites in the series. And so I'm very excited for his season. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. I also love Anthony. He's one of my favorite brothers. So yeah, they did a good job with all those. So our, our suggestions are the Raven Cycle, Bridgerton, those would be great hats. <laughs> um away whistle down hat would be really cute actually uh, i was just fun. gonna say that i was like that would be really cute with like a little quill or something like <laughs> yeah. that that would be cute that you could do awesome. for the raven cycle i'm trying to think you could do um what if you did like a national park for like caves water that like, would be uh, so cool make it look like a national parks like patch but uh caves water or uh what is the one they have, like the ley lines Hawks. yeah um, yeah is it, it's like linden something yeah. right okay i'm a bad fan <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> Um, or you could do like a Nino's Nino's like, Oh, tea. like the pizza. Yeah. Yeah. The pizza. That yeah. would be cool. That's a great idea. Look at you. This is why you run a business <laughs> full of the ideas. Brainstorming on the fly. Yeah. That's awesome. I have, to, I have to say, I'm a little nervous. We're talking about shows, um, at Qatar. Like I'm thinking that at Qatar, like I was talking to Georgia about this, like at Qatar has so many things that is a book series. You're like, Oh my God, this is so swoony. I'm so obsessed with this. But I feel very similarly to it that I as I did with reading Twilight. And I think about like how Twilight came to the big screen and stuff like hold on tight spider monkey and like <laughs> flying through the trees. I feel like that's how like the Illyrian warriors carrying them is going to end up of like, cool, that was super cringy to see that like visually go across my screen. Have you so. ever watched the like movie trailers on YouTube of Akatar? No, and it's I like it. it's like hardcore cosplayers. There's a handful of them. And I've watched the like two minute trailer or whatever it is that they would make. And it's so funny to like watch. Like they do a great job and I would be convinced that this is a real movie. Yeah. But it is that kind of weird concept where they're like fighting on a rock and you're like, hmm, this looked yeah. better in my head when I was reading yeah. it. Yeah. I'm worried because it's Hulu. 
that it's not going to go as well, but I do appreciate that it's, you know, what's his name from Outlander. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it needs to be like an HBO or stars type of thing. And there's a huge budget. Hasn't had like a fantasy series. Yeah. At this Mm -mm. point, like I know they have, um, handmaid's tale handmaid's tale. Yeah. Um, but they don't like nothing like fantasy, like they, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. A lot of like historical fiction, I feel like and stuff, but yeah, I'm a bit worried about that. I'm like, this needs to be like a big budget HBO game of Thrones type thing. Yeah. And I think the fandom is there. So I'm, I don't know. That was a bold move. (laughs) It was a bold move, Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Yeah. I think we're going to end up with a spider monkey scene <laughs> is, I, is my take on I'm it. I'm a bit worried as well. I think everybody is. Everybody's like sweating it. We're not going to get it for so long. We're all going to have forgotten that this happened, but yeah. 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 I think she would have been better off doing Crescent city. Like just make a, a movie about I, Crescent city. That probably would have worked too. Or even like, I feel like throwing a glass, how I, I described the series to people is that throwing a glass is action with a little romance thrown in. And then like at Qatar is romance with a little action thrown in. So like, I don't know. I just feel like at Qatar could be like super cringy and like the super territorial. And I know they all have that, but like, I don't know. It's such a thing in that. I feel like we're going to have like Edward 2.0 on that, where it's just like, and then, you, and then at least I, awkward conversations of like not bookish people going what the hell do you guys read like what is yeah, it's this? gonna out everybody everyone they're gonna be like you were going crazy about this and it's like yeah I want like it's funny I mean kind of throwing it back to Bridgerton you know my dad would walk in and he's like what are you watching and I was like don't ask questions just go back in your office like you don't you don't need to know and he's like what is this I was like it's based off a book series he's like these are books and I was like just stop asking questions and go away yeah. yeah, I don't, I'm interested to see how they do the whole like chapter 54 to 57 in Akamath. Like that's yeah. going to be interesting mm-hmm. and how they're going to put that on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have to be like very mature if they do do that. Yeah, they need to age them up a lot, like Shadow and Bone, I think. That's gonna true, be- yes, yeah. But even people had, I saw that like discourse go on and book, book talk of like, people were having trouble with like the Darkling and Alina and like the age difference. And even with them, like aged, I saw people being upset for that. So listen, never come after Ben. (laughs) Anybody that comes after Ben. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, no. Benny Ben alone. He's like Benny Ben out of this. I married him. I'm the same age. I'll take him. (laughs) My thing is like, um, my frustration with that discourse is I feel like those people miss the point kind of, of like, the point is it's not healthy and there's a power imbalance and that it's, it's not good. Like, yes, we are all, uh, simps for this guy sometimes and like the character in a fantasy environment, but like, yeah, it's, it's very questionable. Like she's not writing this to show like, this is a great, healthy relationship. Everybody should look for it. It's literally the opposite. (laughs) In real life, red flag. flag. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They did multiple red flags. (laughs) Many red flags. Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting to see how all that plays out. I think it'll be strange too. It's like, who are you going to cast for these, you know, roles? And I'm interested to see that. Henry Cavill. Yeah. He would be great. No, he's too busy with Highlander and The Witcher, and I'm okay with uh, Henry Cavill in a kilt is going to be the the best day of my life. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) So very excited. He just announced that he's going to be in the reboot of the Highlander series or movies or series or whatnot, and I cannot wait. Have you guys seen the, I think he's a model. He's not an actor at all, but he's on, I found him on TikTok. I think he's on Instagram. I've seen other people post him. So it's not like I'm the originator of this concept <laughs> here. Um, but his name's like Carl and it's like, 
I don't, it's not Langford or something, but it's something with an L and he's like South African and he is literally uh, Reese embodied. He is the hottest man I've ever seen in my life. And he has like big Reese energy. Like he is gorgeous and would be the perfect guy. Yeah. And he like, investigate. He, um, like does some Damon stuff from like vampire diaries. Cause he has like kind of that look too. Like he doesn't look just like Ian, but like he is similar concept, like in like the blue eyes, dark hair, um, very, very attractive, but he does some of those and I'm like, oh yeah, that's Reese energy. Yeah. I love that. I hope they go obscure with the people that they decide to. Should. I feel like Shadow and Broughton did a good job of like those people looked yes. like real people with the exception of Ben, because we do know Ben, but like everybody else was like pretty out. Like I didn't know anybody before Shadow and Bone. So yeah. I feel like that's the way to go instead of casting like a big name person. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like one big name. Right. Just exactly. kind of be like, bring people in. I mean, I think that's what happened. Everyone was like, Ben Barnes. <laughs> like, I know I was before I hadn't even read the series and I text Tatiana and I was like, Ben Barnes is the darkling. I don't know who this darkling character is. And I don't care if he's the villain. I'm, I, I don't care. I don't See, care. I'm, I'm so a little excited. too old for Ben Barnes of like, I didn't watch Narnia. So like, I didn't understand the hype of like, I didn't get it. And everybody's like, Ben Barnes, Ben Barnes. And he was on like something else, right? Like a Marvel or like a, like the Punisher. Yeah. That's what I know know him from. We're, we're also too old for Narnia. So (laughs) you're fine. (laughs) I feel like that's what like people were always like Narnia, Narnia. And I was like, Oh, I didn't watch that. I think I watched like the Lion, the Witch and Wardrobe. And those were also really bad movies. And that was like the end of my watching of that. So Yeah, it was funny. We were talking about the episode. I was like, yeah, he was in The Punisher. And Tatiana's like, and he was Prince Caspian. I was like, oh, yeah. Nope, nope. I just, I just immediately went to the uh, Punisher <laughs> series. Did you guys see how he, like, uh, in his casting that he, like, brought, um, like, stuff from Tumblr? Did you did you guys see that? Because that was, like, the funniest thing I've seen. So, apparently, he really wanted to be cast as the Darkling. And he or somebody from his team went on Tumblr and found where people had fan-casted him as the Darkling, like, over the years. And he printed out, like, a stack of information of where people already thought he was the Darkling and, like, done edits and fan art and stuff of him being the Darkling and brought it to his, like, casting call. That's so funny. He just wanted to fit in. You can see in all his interviews. I love him so much. Yeah, everyone (laughs) is so much younger than him. And it's so funny because he's just, like, you can tell he's, like, I feel like we can relate, like, elder millennial for us. (laughs) There are certain things, like, like I, I can't do TikTok dances. That's, that's never oh, yeah, no, going to be something gonna... as Tatiana says, we are always like trendy adjacent. We will never be trendy. I'll never be on a trend. I'll just be near a trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're too old for trendy. Like yeah. even like some of the reels I do, I'm like so cringy. I like tell my husband, get out. <laughs> like, do not look at me right now. Cause I have to take like 60 of them because I never do it right. And then I'm like, just get out. Please don't, don't look at me. <laughs> don't I'm look so, at me. Emba- I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. I love that. Awesome. Well, do you have any kind of final thoughts or anything you want to share with the audience? So I feel like we got derailed a little bit on the like, yeah, new stuff that. that's coming. no, no, that <laughs> was okay. probably my thought fault. Um, one of the big concepts was for my push for 2021. And I've made progress on this is to do custom clothing. So Um, like I'm wearing something from another small shop. It's not, it's not bookish, but it's, um, for Carmico is I think how you say their name C-A-R-M-I-C-O, but it's like a custom like button down t-shirt and this girl like hand illustrates all of it. It's really pretty. 
but it was something that I wanted to get into as well. So right now I'm not doing button downs, but I have pajamas coming. So I've paid for samples to be made of pajamas. Um, I have not illustrated them myself. I, the first one that I've gotten done, um, is done by, I think how you say her username is Rollins or Rollins R O L I N S. Um, and she's done something Crescent City for me, and those will be turned into pajamas. <laughs> Tatiana is about to like so fall out of her chair with excitement right now. She is on another Crescent planet. <laughs> I love it so um, much. So I've I've commissioned her to do that, and then um, I've secured two more commissions with her for other options. So I hope to have um, like around three pajamas to launch and hopefully they're very uh, popular and I can do more of them and everybody likes them. So that's so fun. When do you think you're going to be launching those and later in the fall? Yeah, probably around fall would be my guess. Um, so, cause they're completely custom. I have somebody who made the pattern for me too. I like worked with a fashion designer to make the pattern of the pajamas, all the things like the technical side of clothing environment that you don't think, cause I'm usually just working with like blank canvases. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if everything goes on with the sample, I should have the sample in about 20 days and we'll, um, see, so I'll probably have it by the time this, this goes live that I'll have the sample in my hands and photograph and then put for presale. And then probably about a month after that, they'll ship into me. Wow. That's so exciting. I'm very excited for that. Of just, I always am on the lookout for things that can set me apart from other shops and everything else that's going on bookstagram. And I feel like custom clothing is the next natural progression for me. And pajamas. That's so exciting. I love pajamas. I have too many. Very <laughs> <excited>. <laughs> I'm about a year too late. This, like this concept came to me when I was living in pajamas because of COVID and just like, uh, no one's leaving their house and we all just stay in pajamas all the time. Um, but unfortunately manufacturing wasn't going all that well at the beginning of COVID. So this has been, uh, derailed and we're just now getting around to it. But Loungewear yeah, is the new leggings, I think. Oh, <laughs> Speaking it of is. which, with manufacturing, have you had any issues with any kind of like supply chain? I know. Oh, for I mean, sure. With absolutely. Products and things. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, pins were my first inkling of issues. Um, and um, the thing about pins is we do not produce any of enamel pins in the United States. The only place enamel pins are produced are China and Russia, I believe. They, because of the factory and the production that they go through, um, they like, there's so many regulations, especially in the U S that prevents them from doing it. So anytime anyone says like they're made in the U S it's just a middleman that's communicating with a factory for you on your behalf. Um, they just literally do not exist. So, um, in China, they have something called, I think they call it the spring festival. I've seen it lunar new year, as well as spring festival, the factory shut down for about three weeks in like March, April time. And that was right when COVID like exploded. So, um, they shut down for spring, um, or lunar new year. And so you knew that, so you're planning your production schedule around like these factories aren't going to be doing something. And then COVID hit and all the restrictions and like a lot of the factories are actually located in like the Wuhan area. So they were just literally like shut down for like two months after that. And none of the workers were going to the factories or anything else. And, um, so that caused a massive delay and even still like times are not normal production times, what we're seeing pre COVID as well as like even shirts, like blank shirts, I'll randomly get on and like, there'll be like three colors that don't have sizes I need or something randomly from the manufacturer. So it's just, yeah. 
it's just kind of adapting. And then I feel like, I feel like so many people are over COVID, but like customers still like kind of get it on the same thing of like, if I tell them and maybe I'm just numb to it too. Like at the first part, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like this has happened. Like, even though I don't have control over the situation, now I'm just like, it's out. Like, would you like a refund or would you like another size or color? Cause I can't like, I'm just rolling with the punches. I can't do anything about it. So yeah, that's so funny. That's awful. Yeah. And I can't imagine like struggling through all of that, but yeah, it's, it's probably better to do it that way than stress about it. Yeah. Uh, my most stressful, and this had nothing to do with COVID, but my first, um, attempt at custom clothing. If you scroll back very long on my feed, there was a jean jacket that I did with a Nevernight quote on it, um, on the back. And it was a completely custom. I had like somebody draw up the technical and like send it to the factory and got a sample and everything in. And they scammed me. The problem with those is you have to send it via wire transfer. And like, I was out thousands of dollars and then I had pre-sold it to customers. So then I had to also give back the customers because of course I would. So that was like a, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I haven't gone back to custom clothing. Cause I feel like I'm a little gun shy of like, holy crap. Um, but yeah, so I had that happen too. And yeah, I got the jackets in and they didn't have the print on it and the back, like we agreed and they had not made pockets. They made like fake pockets on it and it looked nothing like my sample. It did not have the wash on it. It did not have anything. So I could not in good conscience, give it to my customers. Oh my gosh. That's so stressful. Yeah. That, that was, was like, terrible. that was like the worst production thing I went through. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh. But you did the right thing. And oh yeah, you, absolutely. You know, you were yeah. anyone who oh sat through me with that was a peach. Everybody was great to me. I like updated people on like a weekly basis of like, I'm so sorry. Like, cause your hands are so tied in those situations of like, I'm emailing them every day. Like I can, you know, I'm trying to do it. And throughout the whole process, I was like, if anyone doesn't want to wait, if anyone wants a refund, just tell me I'll refund you. No questions asked, like no issues, but and everybody was great. But I felt so bad at the end to not even have a satisfying outcome of like, you guys waited all of these months and here's your jacket. It was just like, and they're not, they're not here. So like refund, but everybody was great. And like, now, sometimes like, that's how I know some of like the OG customers and they'll be like, remember that jean jacket? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I've got gray hairs because of the jean jacket. I definitely remember the jean jacket. <laughs> You're like, it's like, it's like fight club. We don't, we don't mention the yeah, jean jacket. Yeah. I would prefer that one to be like, no one talks my about history. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I like there. So what ended up happening is I was able to get like a blank jacket that looked kind of similar, but not the same. Um, so some people like half of the customers opted to get this like jacket that, um, like already existed again, it wasn't, it just wasn't a custom and get it printed on the back. So I like on occasion get tagged in like photos of people wearing this jacket. <laughs> it gives me such PTSD of like, I don't even want to see it. Like they'll tag me and it. it. It looks great. <laughs> it's nothing on the customer, but it's like, Oh God, just like, don't even remind me. I feel like I have an eye twitch. Anytime anyone brings up the jean jacket. Yeah, you like, so. remove that tag. Thanks, though. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you look cute, but can, yeah, so <laughs> keep that one to yourself. That's Sometimes so... somebody will be like, is this ever coming back? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Never. Don't talk to me about jean jackets, please. <laughs> that is so funny. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that kind of wraps it up, I think, for all the questions that we had. Do you have any questions for us? 
not really. Just okay. thank you guys for Still like yeah, <laughs> for having me on here. This has been great fun. I had no idea what to expect and this was, this was great. So I'm so happy to do this. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to share your discount code that you have for blissfully bookish? Yeah. So we got a fun discount code that is good until the end of July, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have a discount code that's good until the end of July and it is bookish banter 10 and we'll link everything in the show notes and we'll add all of your uh, websites and everything like that. But where cool. can everybody find you on social media, et cetera? Um, so my website is blisslybookish.com and they can find me, um, on Instagram, which I am blisslybookishtees on there. And, um, I'm on Twitter, which is bliss bookish co. I think I can like Twitter is like so small. I couldn't, um, do my handle on there, but, um, I'm also on TikTok um, under blissfully bookish on there. And sometimes I'm on there. Sometimes I'm not, <laughs> I still don't feel like I grasp Twitter totally as an elder millennial, like you were saying, but <laughs> I <with> try. Us. <laughs> <laughs> we're like mostly kind of on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I try. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. We got our obscure book recommendations. Oh yeah. So we'll do our obscure book recommendations. Got We've it. Kind of gave yours. Yeah. Um, if you want to do, do you want to do a brief synopsis of your obscure book? <laughs> okay. So, um, I did not, I do not have a physical copy of this, but, um, yeah. obscure book recommendation is the ghost bride. And so, um, with my recommendation of Sabriel as well, I am Wednesday Adams and I'm super obsessed with death and dying and <laughs> the afterlife and stuff. So this is another one that goes into that concept. And I feel like it's an underexplored concept, um, in YA and fantasy in general. So the ghost bride is a historical fiction. I think it's set in like the 1800s it's in, um, China and she has to marry, um, her family is poor and she doesn't have a lot of marriage options. So she is forced to marry into this rich family and marry, um, a man that's dead. So that was a tradition that I think actually existed. Um, and they're called ghost brides. And so, um, she doesn't want to marry this dead man. She has someone else she likes and she has to like every night go into death and try to help solve his mystery because he was murdered. Um, and if they can put his spirit to rest, um, she won't have to marry him. So that is the concept. And it's, I've never seen anyone talk about it. It won a bunch of awards. It was published in, I think, 2013. Um, it's by Yangtze Chu is her name. And it is actually on Netflix as well. They made it into a drama on Netflix. It's live action. It's pretty different than the books, but it's, if you like, like, I don't know, it's not fun, like K dramas, but it kind of has that same like foreign vibe. And it is, um, in, it is, uh, uh, closed captioned, like it is in another language. So you have to read the uh, subtitles for that one, but it's, it's, it's good. Reading and watching. It's hard. Yes. <laughs> Combination of everyone's favorite things. Yeah. That sounds so fascinating, yeah. though. That sounds like a really good book. That's so interesting. I love that. I like that one. Definitely writing that down. Yes. Yeah. Please read it. Um, and then I, I feel like I had another one is um actually I didn't go into my favorite standalones, but that was a favorite favorite standalone. That one is a standalone. And then Mexican Gothic. I don't feel like a whole lot of people talk about Mexican Gothic. Um, that is by Sylvia Moreno Garcia and it is a creepy read and I love it. That's so funny because I hate it. (laughs) Oh, you don't, you don't like it. That's really funny. (laughs) I I don't, I read it and I was like one star. So why don't you like it? I want to know. I'm very interested. I, I don't read a lot of thrillers, so that might be it. I think her writing style was beautiful. It was just the ending 
was not it for me. I wasn't it was out there. Yep. It, mm-hmm. it was super out there. I liked that. It was kind of like an unreliable narrator of like the whole time. Like I was going like, what the hell is happening? Like, I don't know what's happening. Is this real? Is this not real? Is it in her head? Like, um, and I can see where if I don't want to, I'm trying to like, think of how I can say things without like spoiling it. <laughs> um, but like, if you don't like that, it ends up being like paranormal kind of stuff going on. I can see where you'd be like, yeah, this is kind of weird. I wasn't expecting it. I think is where I was at. And I wanted a little bit more like spooky ghost, I think. Yeah. 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 And it was like, okay, this is nice. And then it ended and I was like, okay, I'm glad this is over. (laughs) Have you read any of her other, uh, other books? I have not. I have it. Okay. I have a, an arc of her, um, one that's coming up. It's vampires uh, okay. set in like Mexico city that I'm very excited about, but I have not read it. I'd probably be more into that. I thought it was really like her writing is beautiful. And I think she developed her characters really well. And her writing I, is really pretty. Yeah. And like the style is like, Oh, 1950s and the cover is so pretty. I don't know. I just, I hated it so much. I hate when you go into something <laughs> expecting it and then being like, no, like, I don't, I don't like anything about this. No. I was like, okay, that's an interesting choice for the end. I had um, a few like that recently that I was like, and it's a very hyped book on book talk and on bookstagram. And I read it and I was like, what? Like, I don't understand like where the hype is coming from, from this at all. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like why? Um, It was a touch of darkness by uh scarlet st clair i did not i did not find it up to par with things that i like i've seen it a lot yeah i see it everywhere and everyone's like this is the best thing ever and i'm like okay like uh because it's like a retelling right like it's yeah and i love greek mythology i love i I used to like i look back at like me being in high school and was so cringy with the things i read and like what i was like obsessed with and haze and persephone i went through a stage of like any YA or any retelling I could get my hands on, like even cringy romance novels, like I would be all over it, like white on rice. So, um, definitely read it, but it was just, it was not good. I'll leave it at that politely. Oh, that, yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, that is good. I mean, you like Mexican Gothic and I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You may, you may be like, this is the best book I've ever <laughs> read in my life, but no, I, if you had had a problem with like Mexican Gothic writing style, maybe that is more of the writing style was not, it was a self-published book and it fell into the stereotypes that some of the self-published books, in my opinion, had of just like not edited well and kind of fan fiction-y kind of. Yeah. Repetitive. I just wanted a little bit more, Yeah, a little bit less mushrooms. <laughs> There's a lot of mushrooms in Mexican Gothic. There was. It's like, hmm. <laughs> Interesting choice. I read that one in October. So I felt like it fit with my spooky reads. I read that in the year of the witch witching. Um, I'm trying to think of who the author is of that. It's a diverse read as well. Um, And it's creepy. Did you read that one by chance? I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. I've seen it. I'm looking it up who the author is. It's like her name is Alexander Alexandria is yeah, what I'm thinking. Alexis Henderson. Alexis. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about that one. It one is, is also really good. And it's another one of like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on. More of like a thriller suspenseful kind of thing. And it's got the religious notes. I felt like it was very, um, 
timely to read, especially around the election and some of the factions that exist in our real world. <laughs> it, uh, even though it's not set in the real world and it's not set in even our time period, but it, it definitely felt kind of similar to things that are going on in the real world. That's always great. Yeah. <laughs> it adds to the spookiness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Oh, oh awesome. why does this feel so familiar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That's hilarious. Well, I'll do my obscure book recommendation of the week. So I chose, I've actually seen this more than I thought I have, but I'll choose Age of Light by Whitney Sharher. I don't know how to say her last name. I, I haven't know. heard of that one. That one is obscure to me. Pronounced names. Yeah, I've seen it. I was like, I've never seen this. And then this week when I was thinking about using this one, I was like, I see this all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> it is essentially about uh, a girl that goes to Paris and she's a Vogue model that turns into a renowned photographer and it's set in 1929 Paris. Uh, and she catches the eye of a surrealist and he's like trying to convince her to become a model again and not a photographer because, you know, women didn't do that way back when. And she kind of shows him that she's better than him and that she wants to, you know, make her way in the world and all that kind of stuff. And so it's very Paris, world war one, world war two, and all of that kind of stuff on top of, the like romance and historical fiction and all of that. So it was a really good read. I liked it a lot. We uh, love empowered women. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's a good one. I think it's been a really long time since I've read it, but I think she turns into a combat photographer if I'm correct. I'm like reading the synopsis. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, too many words. Yeah. So she turns <laughs> into a photographer. But it was a really good read. It's pretty short. It's only like 300 pages or something like or 350 or something like that. So it's not a very long read and it's a nice standalone, but nice. yeah, it's good empowered women, Vogue, 1920s Paris. Some of Kirsten's favorite things. <laughs> all, all of, all of favorite things. Anything Paris themed um, is a big, big hit with me. Nice. <laughs> So, all right, well, I will do my obscure book. Oh my gosh. I will do my obscure book recommendation. And this one is very obscure. I would be shocked if either of you had heard of this. Um, There's actually a blog that I follow. It's called uh, Semi-Rad and um, it's run by Brendan Leonard. um, And he does a lot of um, writing and uh, articles and things for like outdoor magazine and, and kind of like outdoor companies and things like that. So he wrote a book, it's called 60 Meters to Anywhere. And it's his struggle with at 23, he had to go into, he had to go into rehab. He had to go through substance abuse treatment and all these things, and then um, kind of reformulate his life and figure out what he wanted to do. Um, he talks about, you know, where he went to school and um, getting into writing and getting into, you know, he never was super into the outdoors. He um, gets this rope rather from his from his brother and it's a 60 meter rope and he teaches himself how to climb. And it talks about that was very big in his recovery and learning to do things outdoors. It was so great. I'm usually not one for any kind of autobiographical situation, Um, but his blog is hilarious. And with his book, it was very honest. It's, it's deep in there. It was so good. It was so, so good. And I enjoyed it so much. It's a very short read. It's only like 170 pages. So it's very short, really easy to get through, but um, so good and so entertaining. So that's 60 Meters to Anywhere by Brendan Leonard. And if anyone wants to check him out, his blog is semi-rad. I've heard of his blog. I have not read his book. 
I'll have to recommend that to my husband, Daryl, because he is a huge mountain biker and trail runner. We were just in North Carolina to do quest for the crust, which is like uh, a qualifier for some bigger races. And it's, um, like one of the toughest 10 Ks, um, in like East of the Mississippi or something like that. Um, yeah, it's up a mountain. It's like 8,000 feet of elevation change or something crazy. I don't know. I don't want to run down the stairs to the fridge. So that does not sound like fun to me. And he Bless him. <laughs> yes, loves all that and is into it. And I am not so. That is so funny. Yeah, no, he's, he's got a lot of stuff on outdoor. So he does all the outdoor things. I like to read about outdoor things, not necessarily um, participate in them. (laughs) You said said outdoor things. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's great. He's got, he's got a lot of different books. I relate to the meme that I saw at one point of the, I am outdoorsy and that I like drinking on patios is my outdoorsy. That's that's a big vibe. (laughs) I think we can all relate to that. (laughs) I love that. That's so (laughs) funny. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for the end of the episode. We are still going to be doing the round of glass, I think by the time this one comes out. So that will be our next episode. Thanks for kind of joining us on our bonus episode and yeah, that was it. Thank you for joining us, Catherine. We had a lot of fun and uh, talking, talking shop. So (laughs) good time. I'm always here. If you want to chat, this was great. So yeah. Perfect. And Definitely. all of, we'll, like I said before, we'll link all the um, information for Blissly Bookish in the bio, or you can follow um, on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.